Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Surprise Jab Podcast. I'm your host, Zachary Ruger, surprising you with new topics every single week and jabbing you with your daily dose of UFC. And we've already jabbed you with UFC earlier in the week, and today we have a surprise guest, a special guest, if you call it. We are joined by the wonderful Mr. Dane DuPaul. Dane, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. So, um, Dane, tell us a bit about yourself. Um, I know you are going to college at the University of North Dakota, I believe. Correct. Uh, I'm technically fifth year, first semester of fifth year of the double major of high altitude unmanned aircraft systems and commercial aviation. Very impressive stuff. And you just got um, certified in something, I believe? Uh, yes, I just got my flight instructor uh, certificate. So, Well, incredible. Congratulations. Got to give it to you on that. Thank you. Thank you. So, yes, um, you are a very big sports fan, just as I am. Very huge Vikings fan. Dare I say super fan? Uh, we can, we can borderline. We can do that, possibly. <laughs> I'll, I'll agree to that. Very much so. Um, any other leagues you like to follow besides football? Uh, very loosely follow the MLB, uh, very loosely the NHL, but it's it's mostly the NFL is kind of my forte. I agree. It's just one of those sports where like it's not as long as MLB and NBA and NHL, so you can appreciate it more. And while you can wait one full week for one game, the other – sports you're watching three games a week agreed agreed so um any hobbies anything you want to tell people about yourself uh i mean just playing video games with you and the boys uh obviously one of the one of the big ones um hanging out with with friends not a whole lot to do up here in grand forks uh, yeah. so take that with you will yeah i know it's you know i was always been thinking about recording us playing and stuff but I, I always worry about how the internet would take to some of the things that are said. Yeah, we'll just leave that at that. Uh... <laughs> oh, man. But yes, I have a lot planned today, a lot of NFL talk. Going to be uh, having you blind rank for some things, guess some stadium names, some facts, uh, talk about fantasy football. We're gonna, I'm going to give you a ranking someone made of the 32 NFL quarterbacks to start week one. And we're also going to give our week one predictions for all 16 games. I like it. I like it. Sounds good. So let's get into it with a little fun activity I always like to do when I have a guest on. I think I've done it twice now. Is blind ranking. I always like to have people blind rank. Do you know how that works? I do. I do. Very much so. So I'm going to give you 10 NFL teams, teams as a whole, and I want you to rank them on a 1 to 10 scale for this upcoming season. Gotcha. All right. All right. Are you ready? I am ready. All right, first team I'm going to give you is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Huh. You Where know, are they going on the 1 to 10 scale? Last year, uh, improvement, Trevor Lawrence is starting to develop. Uh, they I got Calvin Ridley this year. I'm, I'm going to throw them at five. I think the Jags, a uh, solid five right in the middle. They'll probably make, if not the division, definitely a wild card spot in the AFC. So I'm going to put them at a solid five. I completely agree. A lot of a lot more is expected this year. I feel like Trevor Lawrence is starting to look more NFL caliber than he was his like rookie year of sorts. So I very much like the five spot for them. Next up, we're gonna go with a big name, the Bills, the Buffalo Bills. 
Um, I'm gonna put them at two, uh, just because until proven otherwise, they are other than the Chiefs, the team to beat in the AFC. Um, mm-hmm. The Bengals got the best of them last year, um, and that was probably one of their down games of the season. Yeah. So I'm still gonna throw them at two. I think Josh Allen, Diggs, and all of them coming back. Uh, I think they're still going to be impressive. And uh, I think other than the Chiefs, they're still the team to beat. I very much think so. They have a lot to prove this year. They've suppo- they're have they supposed to have been the team the last like three or four years. And they they went from running up in the AFC Conference to losing in the what the wild card. I don't even know if they, if they lost in the wild card. But it was the visual, that's what I was thinking of. Just, an, just embarrassing. Um, let me give you one. The Ravens, the Baltimore Ravens. You know, I'm going to throw them towards the bottom of the list. Uh, I think I'm going to throw nine. Um, Nine? Interesting. Yeah. See, the my whole thing is Lamar Jackson obviously has been impressive his last few years, but he's coming off a knee injury. And mobile quarterbacks, especially that utilize his legs as much as he does, uh, you never know once you get one injury uh, on your knee. You never know when it's going to hit back. There's those rare anomalies where you get people like Adrian Peterson who can bounce back, have great years after terrible knee injuries, but then you get people like RG3 or those quarterbacks that one knee injury and they're they're backups for the rest of their career. So we'll see um, how Lamar can carry it. They got some weapons, but Odell hasn't been proven to stay healthy. Bateman hasn't really stayed healthy. And Mark Andrews is also coming off. Uh, I don't remember what his injury was. It was I think it was a leg of some he sort. He did get so. hurt last year, yes. So we'll see. I think their defense is going to be pretty good, but it's all going to see if Lamar Jackson can stay healthy. But I'm not sure, so I'm throwing him at nine. I agree. And now that you mentioned that, I'm even thinking that J.K. Dobbins was hurt, what, all last year just about? I, I yep. mean, their whole roster is fresh this year, but they're not actually fresh with their bodies, if you know. Exactly. All right, so Ravens at nine. How about the Tennessee Titans? Interesting team. Uh, I've got to put them at 10. Um, Derrick Henry, as he's carried that team for a couple years, but he's only getting older. And everyone said he's been a regress the last few years, and he really hasn't, what, 1,500, 1,600-yard no. seasons. But that can only take you so far. And Tannehill kind of getting a little older. He's always just been a game manager. Um, none of their rookie quarterbacks is uh, Malik Willis unproven and Will Levis has not been great from what we've seen of him in the pros at all. So we're just gonna, we're going to stick them at 10 and uh, let it ride. I like it. You know, it's tough when they add Deandre Hopkins and Ryan Tannehill is just not the guy to throw a deep when you have Derrick Henry, but in the back, I, I don't know what they're going to do with him. Agreed. I mean, we saw nothing happen with Robert Woods last year. Nothing. Yeah, he's now in Houston, I believe. And their rookie last year, Traylon Burks, he got hurt versus their joint practice with the Vikings. So that could even that even hits their wide receiver depth even more. No idea what's going on in Tennessee. Let's go up the East Coast to the New England Patriots. <sighs> you know, I'm I'm throwing them again at eight towards the list. Uh, a little like more. It. Um, honestly, if I didn't throw the Ravens at nine, I probably would have thrown them at nine. Um, Mac Jones, I guess Belichick has faith in him. They cut every quarterback on the team except Mac Jones. I know. Um, 
a Belichick defense is usually pretty good. So that is solid, but their offense, um, they signed Zeke because Ramondre Stevenson said last year that he had too many touches and he didn't want as big of a load. Uh, a story came out two days ago with how valid that is of Juju's knee is going to explode at any time, which yeah. don't know where that came from, but We'll see if Mac Jones can play as used. I mean, granted, the Vikings defense was terrible last year, but with mediocre wide receivers, Mac Jones torched the Vikings defense for probably his career high of passing. So mm -hmm. maybe with some weapons and some time, Mac can do something, but uh, I'm going to throw him at eight just for the uncertainty of the whole thing. Yeah, they're just, they're such a mediocre team. They don't really have any star players of sorts. I mean, I think the best part of their team would probably be the defense. I think they finished fourth last year for uh, fantasy football points, and I certainly draft them in some of my leagues, but I don't really know what to say about the Patriots. After Tom Brady left, how much has happened? Exactly. I don't know. All right, we'll move to a team that uh, we are both familiar with for reasons, the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> um, I'm going to throw them at six. Uh, probably they're probably around the same uh, tier as the Jaguars. Mm -hmm. um, their defense always going to be pretty good, and it's that Tomlin curse gift, whatever you can call it. They're always going to finish mid to high rank. They're never going to have a losing Just 500. season. <laughs> exactly, they're going to swoop into the playoffs, and that's when they can make something happen. Defense is going to be pretty good. Other than I'm not a huge believer in Kenny Pickett, contrary to some. Popular beef, but George Pickens obviously got some skill. Deontay Johnson is fast, but he just needs to hold on to the football. He drops it. Exactly. And with Najee Harris now kind of, I don't want to say degrading because he's like 24 years old, but he's falling off skill wise, it doesn't even make sense. <laughs> and then, but they got the Jalen Warren, who was a rookie last year, coming in. He showed some flashes in the preseason, which, I mean, take it for what you will. It's preseason. But if they got a nice little one-two punch there, uh, throwing it to Deontay Pickens, Fryermuth is a pretty decent wide receiver. Uh, they got a pretty – I'd put them on this, about the same tier as the Jaguars. I agree. They, they A lot of teams this year with something to prove. I just don't expect that much out of them this year. They haven't made – too many moves that make me go, wow, they're going to make an impact in the AFC uh, East. Or no, North, North. AFC North. AFC North. Too many divisions. Uh, moving on to a interesting team in the NFC, the 49ers. If that if I didn't put Bills at two, I would have put these guys. I'm going to put them at three. Um, interesting. The only thing really holding them back is we'll see what Brock Purdy does. They have one of the most loaded – uh, rosters in the NFL. Their defense mm -hmm. was insane last year. Their offense, basically, they had Brock Purdy, who was just driving in cruise control, dumping it off to Debo, to Kittle, to Ayuk, handing it off to McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell. It is one of the most loaded uh, NFL rosters out there. And if Purdy even slightly replicates what he did last year, I, I don't even, I don't see how anyone stops him. No, I mean, I see Debo. He's projected 14 points for week one. He should be in the 17-18 range, in my opinion, if there weren't so many targets for the 49ers to go with. I mean, you can run with McCaffrey, throw it to him, Kittle. And Ayuk, he's such a good asset. I love Ayuk as a wide receiver. 
Yeah, I mean, the only reason they didn't make it last year is because they literally ran out of quarterbacks. So that was a hilarious situation. I love that. Yeah, last year. yeah. it was a little hard to watch, but we'll see. All right, this um. It's funny how I listed these teams because I list them in order to kind of make you go, oh, my list. But um, the Cleveland Browns. Uh, actually, I'll throw them at seven. Um, okay. Oh, seven's still available. I like it. Yep. Uh, I mean, say what you will. Deshaun Watson is Deshaun Watson. We're not going to spew some of my opinions on here about uh, his <laughs> past. But um I mean, this is a make or break year for them. They've got, they just signed him for what, four more years of over $200 million. Uh, their offense is about as good as it's ever going to be. Their defense, they added a few guys, not really any off the top of my names, but um, they, this is their make or break year. Zadari Smith, didn't they just sign, didn't they take him from us, I believe? Do they still have Davy and Clowney? Uh, no, he went to the Ravens, I believe, but they got Miles Garrett, uh, Zaria Smith off one edge. This is a make or break year. If they can't win with this roster, then I'm not sure they'll ever win anything. No. And I, Deshaun Watson, I understand he missed pretty much all of last season, but when he came back, I don't know if it was rust or just, it had to have been because he showed nothing. He was absolutely terrible. I don't know how it's going to go for him. So you have two teams left on your list. Um, I kind of regret saving this team for you, but uh, one of them is the Washington Commanders. You know, I'll throw them at four because this just means you're going to screw me with whoever's left at one. Uh, <laughs> no. The, the Commanders, their defense, their front four is probably, I guess I haven't seen who they've changed out at ends, but Gerard Payne, Jonathan Allen, um, I guess they're – what they're going to do with Chase Young. They have one of the best front fours in the NFL. It's good. Um, they added some corners in the draft, uh, I believe, and their defense is probably one of the best. Uh, Terry McLaurin, underrated wide receiver. Jahan Dotson played really well last year. I believe it was his rookie year. A lot of hype from him. I, I like him. Um, Logan Thomas has always been a skilled tight end for the few games he plays in a season. It's usually like four or five games that he hurts a knee or something. But yep. the biggest question mark is, and I really like him from what I've seen, is Sam Howell. The rookie last year, quarterback, he played the last few games last year. He looked really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and even uh, Ron Rivera has come out and said, there's no really question mark at quarterback anymore. If I would have known how good this guy was, I would have played him more last year. So I'm curious to see how he does. And uh, I think he's going to do pretty decent. Yeah, and I mean, coming from a basketball school, if you want to call UNC that, Sam Howell is going to be. Sam Howell, I'm, I'm excited to see what he offers. I'm also interested to see how the running back room goes. They have another split backfield this time with Brian Robinson Jr. and Antonio Gibson. I love Antonio Gibson. He came in clutch for me in fantasy probably two years ago. But then last year, they started splitting it with, who was it, McKissick? Uh, Brian Robinson came year. back. He was last year. There was him, and I think McKissick was still there. I'm not sure if he stormed this year, know. but there was like three of them. That commanders should be interesting. I'll, I want to sign the petition to sign them back to Redskins. You hear about that? I did. Uh, I don't mind it. I still sometimes call them the Redskins just because I what I've known for the last, I don't know, 15 years. Until I, they know. Changed I, it, but... I enjoyed that name, but the commanders, I guess. That's their name. They need a cool logo or something, honestly. that That's how they can fix it. Agreed. I guess we'll see. 
All right, Dane, you want to read off your list before I reveal your number one team? <laughs> so uh, at 10, we have the Tennessee Titans. Nine, the Baltimore Ravens. Eight, the Patriots. Seven, the Cleveland Browns. Six, Pittsburgh Steelers. Seven, Jacksonville Jaguars. Four, Washington Commanders. Three, 49ers. And two, Buffalo Bills. And your number one team is, drumroll please, the Jets. You know, that is not preposterous. Uh, I was kind of saving that open that you throw the Chiefs there. I would definitely want to throw in the Chiefs at one. I think they are still the team to beat, defending champions. But you throw in the Jets there that, on paper, have one of the most loaded rosters in the NFL, probably yep. one of the best running back rooms, Dalvin Cook, Brees Hall, and Michael Carter. Mm-hmm. I, I guess I don't know if they've traded him yet. but I forgot about uh, Michael. They, that is probably the best one running back room. Um, obviously, Aaron Rodgers, one of the most talented quarterbacks we've ever seen play the game. Some of the throws he makes are ridiculous. Uh, wide receivers, Garrett Wilson, off, reigning offensive rookie of the year. Um, Alan Lazard, how Randall Cobb made a team. I don't know, but just keep uh, listing them. There's so many stars on this Nicole team. Nicole Hardman. Uh, it's it's a whole bunch. And then their defense. I mean, Quentin Williams is probably the best D tackle in football. That dude, that dude's an animal. If you've watched any of Hard Knocks this season, following them, uh, that defense is going to be pretty scary. Uh, that that's all you can really say about him. Honestly, pretty loaded. I agree. And Hard Knocks has been fun. I've been enjoying the clips coming out of that. I always love seeing that stuff. But I don't know if those teams, um, they never really perform to the level of having their own show. But the Jets should be super interesting. How Aaron Rodgers plays. I would not take him in fantasy, though, personally. I don't know. Would you? I think he's going to. I have a family league and I, I waited and snagged him. I think he's going to play out of his mind. Um, I mean, Dalvin's specialty is screen passes out of the backfield. Gets one of those one or two a year, 70-yard screen passes, as we know all too well. Um, yeah. Snag some of those. Garrett Wilson's going to, I think, have a huge year. His, his offensive rookie of the year was kind of underwhelming. It was like six touchdowns and 800 yards. I think yeah. that's going to shoot up this year. I think Rodgers is definitely going to help uh, Garrett Wilson's production too. So. I agree. He went from a flex option last year to wide receiver one on fantasy teams. Agreed. Incredible stuff from him. Speaking of which, moving on from our blind ranking, we'll get into some fantasy football talk. I, uh, do you have any teams currently? Uh, I have a couple, yes. We did some weird one two days ago. Yes, we had ago. a weird draft. With we some had a very weird together. Um, I have a friend's one that we've been doing since – sophomore junior year of high school that we've kept going um i have one that's pretty funny it's with all the neighborhood dads that i've been in since i was 13 uh (laughs) that one and then i have a family league so i've got a couple which as funny as it is the four leagues is probably the least amount i've been in uh in quite a while it's usually like five or six because you guys throw some like weird league like this one is usually like (laughs) now and i've already have like four or five leagues in the so I, I've got a few of them. Yes. Yeah, so um, out of your teams, who are some players that you're happy you were able to get? Uh, this year, and uh, I've helped our mutual friend Tyler with uh, his teams. Yes. Uh, the two biggest ones that I'm a big fan of is Nick Chubb and Chris Olave. Nick Chubb mm-hmm. lost 
a lot of production with Kareem Hunt there. Kareem Hunt's gone now. Uh, your backup is Jerome Ford. Who is that? Exactly. So you're going to have Nick Chubb getting all of these carries, all of these yards, hopefully all these goal line touches. Yes, um, lots. Gives you a shot to put up a lot of numbers. And Chris Olave, who with Andy Dalton and I don't even know if Jameis played last year, uh, with what those two gave him last year, pretty darn good. You throw someone consistent like Derek Carr in there, I think Chris Olave is bound to have a huge year. Um, I agree. So I like those. Those are my two biggest ones. Um, I have snagged Cooper Cup from from previous years just because I have uh, I love Cooper Cup. Uh, unfortunately, now his hamstring is looking kaput. So uh, we'll see how often he plays uh, this year, which kind of sucks. Yeah, I love the Olave pick. I definitely I'm I'm looking at. Derek Carr thrown to Devontae Adams, and I can easily see you switching out Devontae for Chris Olave, catching that deep ball. Um, as for Nick Chubb, you said it perfectly. I mean, Kareem Hunt was the only one that was holding back his fancy potential at times last year. If he stays healthy, he's an absolute killer. What round did you are you getting him in? Is he round one for you, later round, later pick? Uh, it, I guess it really depends on where you're picking, but yeah, he's usually around one and that's usually about where he goes. Most of my leagues, I think the earliest I've picked is, uh, I think it was fifth. Uh-huh. So he usually falls. He's projected like right around that seven through 11. So in that kind okay. of range. So if I, I mean, I like the guy, I'm going to snag him at five because I think ESPN, a lot of them have Travis Kelsey at five, which I'm, I love Travis Kelsey as next guy, but he's more of a on the turn of the rounds, nine and a 10 rather than yeah. uh, middle of the first round. So I usually snag him with my first pick if he's still there, unless someone like Cooper Cup or any crazy wide receiver that has somehow fallen because people have their own weird top five pick. Um, but it's usually Chubb is who I've taken first. Yeah, it's always tough because I always wonder, let's say they don't list like their rankings for the players. Who would you pick? I always think about that. If you just have like a list of all the teams and all the positions, who are you picking? And I mean, I don't do they have leagues like that? I don't know of any like that. I feel like every site has to have them listed. Yeah, it helps people who don't want to print out the sheets and do all their own research. It's just like, <laughs> boom, it's right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, any sleeper picks that you landed you think people should take? Any advice you can give someone? I guess I can scroll over, just look at some of my uh, teams. Um, I mean, if you want a late-round snag, Jordan Addison. I think I've gotten him in like the ninth, 10th round. Obviously a little Vikings bias, but he has a real potential to be Rookie of the Year uh, between Gibbs, Addison, Zay Flowers. There's some big name wide receivers in the rookie market that may be a mm-hmm. good snag. Someone who I think, speaking of Gibbs, is going to take uh, quite a few goal line carries, or at least some of those, is David Montgomery. Uh, yes. I, a big, big like on him. I think he's, I mean, he was always a solid RB1 in Chicago. Nothing great, but enough to get you some points. Yep. Um, so I'm a, I'm a big liker of him. And then if you can, and I'm, tried to do this in most of my leagues is around like four or five snag Alvin Kamara. Yeah. You're going to bite the bullet for three weeks because he's suspended, but having now Derek Carr dumping passes off to you instead of Andy Dalton, 
I think opens it up a lot more uh, for your PPR leagues of Alvin Kamara. I completely love it on my team um, from my one twelve man league. I have Addison currently on my bench. I mean, you take JJ out for a week. He's wide receiver one or two. His only competition right now, I think, is KJ Osborne. Now, obviously, the only issue is that TJ Hawkinson is going to take a bunch of catches. Kirk loves TJ Hawkinson. So I, w- I would d- definitely go with TJ Hawkinson if you could get him. But what round is my question? Because I feel like you can reach at times and take him too early. But if you wait too late, he's gone. Like he's yeah, just one I, of those players that just disappears off the board and you don't even notice. Yeah, my my honest philosophy of drafting is if you have your guy and you think he's gonna do good, there's no real unless it's like an egregious like taking him in the second round. We're not gonna do crazy things like that. But I mean, I've seen him go at like four or five just because he is after um Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews. he's actually ranked right around where George Kittle is. So honestly, he's three, a three B to George Kittle. Tight end is such a weird position where it can save you or it can screw you over. You've got five, six, seven good ones. And the rest you are, you're scratching for crumbs there. It's, it's not great. So if you got a good one, like Hawkinson, Grab him fourth, fifth round if yeah. you have some stuff, I guess. Yeah, I like him. I also, um, Dalton Schultz, I really like him on the Texans. The only issue I have is probably CJ Strode. I don't know who he's going to be targeting, how he's even going to do. So I think that could limit my potential for Dalton Schultz. But I do have him as my starting tight end in one of my leagues. Because as you were saying, there, there's not that many star tight ends. I honestly didn't even realize he left the Cowboys and totally forgot about that. But yeah, Houston's a really weird team. They had Devin Singletary. So they've got Damian Pierce, Devin Singletary at running backs. Um, Their wide receiver is literally a bunch of hodgepodge. It's Robert Woods, Tank Dell is a rookie, Xavier Hutchinson, another rookie, Um, Michi, who I think was hurt last year. And now he's coming back. Nico Collins. They've got just a bunch of hodgepodge wide receivers. Mm-hmm. We'll see if they can do something crazy. I think their defense is going to be legit between Devin Singletary of last year or uh, single, whatever the corner was uh, last year. Uh, Stingley, Love Derek Stingley. Oh, um, my gosh. Yes. Yeah. And then Will Anderson, who they snagged uh, the third pick trading with Cara, uh, Arizona this year. I think yeah. their defense is going to be much better than it was last year. Do I think they're going to be a competitor for their division? Not really, but I definitely think they're going to show improvement over possible first to second overall pick. Man, honestly, the South is up for um, grabs, honestly. I mean, yeah, it's I Jags. Guess- it's Jacksonville's division to lose at, at this point. That's a perfect way to phrase it. I love that. Any players you're putting on the don't draft list? Any players that you kind of went in saying, even if they're available, I'm not taking them? I mean, the easy answer is Jonathan Taylor, but now it's more of a just don't draft him because he's not going to be playing the first four rounds. No. Um, but we can just kind of go, um, again, just for the reasons we talked about in the blind ranking, uh, quarterbacks-wise, Lamar Jackson. I don't know how he's going to be, if his knee will blow up. Uh Mark Andrews was the same way, those two specifically. 
uh, mm-hmm. both coming off injuries. And Mark Andrews, he screwed me over a few times last year with him just not playing. And, it did make sense. He'd get one yeah. catch a game. And even Hopkins. Hopkins is kind of a guy. If we, we talked about it when we were talking about the Titans. Mm-hmm. Tannehill's not known for his downhill throwing. I mean, even betting places have his reception touchdowns at over under four and a half. That's <laughs> that's not great. Whoa. Um, so we'll see what that comes to. But I, it's Lamar, Mark Andrews, and Hopkins are kind of the three that I am staying away from. Yeah, I am. Me personally, I definitely I've done this every single year. I never even look at Kyle Pitts. He's always on the board. I I don't see anything special out of Kyle Pitts. Ever since college, he's done nothing in the league. He said he has one good game, maybe occasionally. I will say that I did take it. I waited too long in my my friends league. Most of my draft is spectacular. Then I go down to my tight end and I was like, oh, crap. And I, I took a gamble on him. I think the rest of my team is decent enough to where it can compensate for that. Mm-hmm. But Kyle Pitts is definitely a boomer bust um, for that. I mean, as much as I like don't really care for Kyle Pitts, the tight end position, he could have an amazing week. He could have an off week. It's it's there's no way to even predict that. You only really have Kelsey who put up consistent numbers all last year, which is why he worked his way up to the top five of fantasy drafts. Yeah. I guess we can also see too, there's a bunch of compelling starting quarterbacks because we talked about Sam Howell, but Drew DeRitter uh starting for Atlanta now. Maybe that is the breakout that Kyle Pitts needs. Uh maybe that turns into a potent offense because they got decent weapons with Pitts, mm-hmm. Drake London, I really like. Uh, do I buy the hype of Matt Collins looking all ripped at training camp where he was where that whole thing was going off? But they're three headed dragon at um, running back between Patterson, Tyler Algier, and Bijan Robinson. Uh, that could be a pretty darn good offense if DeRitter can ban- manage it better than Noodle Arm, Matt Ryan, and then Marcus Mariota. So mm-hmm. we'll see. Yeah, the Falcons have an interesting team this year. It's for fantasy owners, running back room could make things complicated. I, I was definitely not taking Bijan in round one. I don't know about you. I don't understand how he worked his way up that high. I completely agree. I was gonna usually you try to find in round one those non-running back by committee groups. And yes. he seemed to have been going a little too high for a three-man running back by committee. It's it's getting a little crowded over there. Who who's a guy that did really good last year? Who you think's fallen off? For example, Jonathan Taylor, twenty twenty one, compared to Jonathan Taylor, twenty twenty two. I mean, Mixon has always been kind of that guy that you will like mm-hmm. see him there. That's always been the joke. You see him there in the third round, RB one staring at you, and then you find out there's a reason he's there in the third round because he'll yep. get like five points for three weeks, and then the one week you bench him, he puts up thirty five. So, I think, I guess we'll see what Joe Burrow's health is. If Joe Burrow is playing, uh, start week one, he should be maybe there but if joe burrow is out maybe mixon is actually a viable option because i don't even remember who their backup is but they're obviously going to be handing the ball off because you can have you can have elite weapons at wide receiver but if you got joe schmo throwing him the football doesn't really do do much for you so no i i honestly think that josh jacobs might fall off this year that's what that's that's 
That's who my Jonathan Taylor is this year. I agree with that. And kind of going along that sale, you just brought that right. I'm talking of Josh's. As no, I had him at number two, but Josh Allen kind of showed a little bit of uh, regressing back to his old crazy gunslinger self. I Ooh, love yeah. Josh Allen. I have his jersey. I am a Josh Allen fan. But yes. he, he scares me with some of the stuff he does. And some of, I mean, again, it's preseason, but he didn't look great going up against mediocre talent. So I'm hoping and praying that he is not regressing, but I don't think Josh Allen is going to put up the fantasy numbers he did his first breakout year and then last year. No, it'll, oh, just another just another team, the Bills, that who knows what to expect from them this year. Speaking of which, the Buffalo Bills, on a bit of more fun side, I'm going to ask you about three Minnesota Vikings moments where you were and just if you recall where, what your experience is when you first saw these events. Oh, these are going to be great. I'm telling oh, you. We're, we're going to go from a good moment, a bad moment, then a, a good moment. Okay. Right. And then you can give me some other ones if they come to mind. So speaking of Josh Allen, that Vikings Bills game last year, the one with JJ's incredible catch, the overtime game. I don't even know how we came back from that. Do you remember where you were for that game? I do. So since coming up to college, uh, I've been incredibly blessed to have family up here. So I go over to uh, our friend Z Lars's house. Uh, That's where I go. That's where I go to watch my football Sundays. And so I believe that was a 325 game. So watching all of watching all the noon games, everything went fine. And then the Vikings game started. And I mean, it started off as most of the Vikings games did. um, Starting, we throw a first drive touchdown and then we go down by like 14 points. And I was just like, oh, so good for us. We got the eight and one Viking or eight and no Vikings versus the seven and one Bills. It's supposed to be a great shot on them there, showing who's the bigger team. And it was kind of like that up until halftime. I think first drive out of half, Kirk throws that awful pick that he talks about in quarterback where. He totally thought the white jersey was like a Viking for some reason. He just like quick threw it because he was about to die. And oh, it was like right to the guy. It was as he threw it, he just goes, oh no, and <laughs> picks it off. And I mean, it looked pretty bleak at that point. But then I believe it was end of the third. I even specifically remember saying it. I was just like, we need to score before the end of the third quarter. This game's over. And it was like three plays later that drive because there was like two thirty left. Um, Dalvin takes that stretch seventy yards, which we're gonna miss this year without him. He takes that stretch seventy yards for a touchdown. I was like, okay, here we go. And then of course the fourth quarter Vikings show up and score, go down, score, but yeah. make it a seven point game. And then we get to that moment, the fourth and eighteen that. Justin Jefferson makes the insane catch. We were just, I was basically just sitting in the back. just like, oh, well, throws it. He caught, I believe all of us were just like, like, what the hell happened? And he, he came down with that. And I mean, they, I guess to probably not allow them to challenge, they ran up to the line so fast, like run another play that Uh no one even really got to like, what the hell was that? What just happened? I know. Ran up, and I believe it's that same drive. I could be mistaken. It's been however many months since that drive. That's where they got stuffed at that goal line. Um, was there one more drive, or did they score on that one? I believe we scored on that 
Then that was the did, drive after. Didn't we throw a pick or something? But then we forced a fumble. I, like you said, it happened a while ago. I just, I remember the specific moment JJ made that yeah. catch. I was at yeah. my friend buddy's house. All the guys were there. We're all sitting around the TV. I have my bag on, ready to leave. I'm standing at the stairs to walk down. He makes the catch. I throw my bag. I'm like, oh my goodness, how did that just happen? And then what did that go on? Like another 30 minutes, an hour? I mean, just an experience for that whole game. Oh, yeah. I don't even think that was the most the, – probably the biggest memorable moment was the fate or the QB sneak that didn't get in onto the fumble. That was probably yes. the biggest moment of that game where I specifically remember because I still to this day it looks like he get in because you can't really see – he like fell this way as to the camera and you like mm -hmm. can't see where the ball is. I was just – I remember because that – Re review went for like 10 minutes i was just like sitting down on the ground I was like he's in he's in he's in he's in and then they eventually called i was like oh well this is so i just sat down on the couch like all depressed and then i was like oh crap there's still time left just force a fumble or force a safety they can there's like oh, there's no room no room for him to take a knee and so that's i mean force a safety then you have to go down and what score a touchdown kick a field goal that that was what i was thinking you know, do your thing um but then that play and i think i couldn't speak after because i think i just started screaming after that yep, fumble recovery yep. and uh whew, that that was pretty cool and then of course our defense lets josh allen with what 50 seconds left uh march down and tie it which was enough that whole game was full of just controversial moments because on even on that drive for uh the bills to kick a field goal to tie it there was a deep like 30 to 40 yard throw to gabe davis which for some reason, because it was within two minutes, the yeah. refs didn't review, and he he dropped it. It was an incomplete pass, and that was on like third and ten or something. I remember this. That was, and then they reviewed like a play two plays later. That was like the most obvious completion. It was like good one, refs. I'm glad glad you're wearing the uniform. And I was like, oh, he's dumb. That was that was an amazing game, Vikings last season. Regular season Vikings were incredible last season. I think mean, it won well, game of the year for obvious reasons. It was, e easily, and I mean, yeah. I that's one of the rare football games I would actually go back and rewatch. Like if you say like if you could rewatch a game, I would rewatch that game. Agreed. Very much enjoyed it. Let's go back around. Um, I don't know if it's been ten years, eight years. Time's flying. A certain Seattle Seahawks game to to tie it. Um, Blair Walsh, do you remember where you were when Blair Walsh missed that kick? Oh, that wasn't to tie it. That was to win it. That was a, wasn't it nine twelve. Nope, it nine. was like nine ten. It was to win. Oh, I. So this is the funniest story, and it, my parents always bring it up to like mess with. Oh, Dave, big fan you are. And it, uh, I think I don't remember if my sister had basketball or something. She had something going on, so my parents were all gone, and I was sitting at the house watching the Vikings game, obviously. And I just remember it being a back and forth. I mean, slugfest. As we said, the score was like nine to ten. We had held them to nothing, but then there was some wild ass Russell Wilson scramble back forty yards throw it into the air and, and then he threw it didn't he yes. yeah and Kendricks I think was like right over his fingertips and I think it was Lockett who caught it it was like oh of course or it was Doug Baldwin or it was, it was someone it was oh. like oh that's dumb and I scored a touchdown and so he had like a two-minute drive um 
marched down the field. I think Teddy threw a mildly deep shot, which was hard for him to do, to Kyle Rudolph. And I think he got in the field goal range. They, like, put it down there, ready to go. I still cringe listening to that audio. Just Blair Walsh, 27 yards wide left. And uh, we've always had big dogs in our household. Uh, So we have a big old dog bed. Uh, laying in the corner, and where did my parents come back to find 13, 14-year-old me? Curled up on that dog bed. Uh, <laughs> not crying, but just like, eh. it was uh, it was brutal. And going into, because oh. it was obviously a Sunday, and going into school um, next Monday, I was obviously obviously depressed because i let the nfl describe my mood for the next month afterwards uh, i had spanish seventh hour of middle school and this i must have known i don't even remember who was in the sixth hour but they must have known that the vikings lost so there was a little fake like potted plant i see if i can find a picture of it oh uh, my on my phone and they put a little note in it and said that we're sorry for your loss as uh <sighs> What are you going to do? That was that was a tough one. No, I remember I was at a traveling basketball event. They had a TV like posted out where the concessions were. And everyone's just waiting for their game. So everyone's just crowded around it. And it was almost one of those moments where like I expected a flag to be thrown or something. Like the kick was so bad. I was like, something must have happened. But then, no, that's the game. Just, oh, my goodness. One of the worst Vikings moments in, oh, I'd say top I mean, five. Top it's three a field even. goal. The field goals contribute for most of those moments. Let's be real here. Oh, man. But let, let's end um, the ones that I have listed with my opinion, the greatest Minnesota Vikings moment, maybe postseason moment of all time, the Minneapolis miracle. Do you remember that? One of the craziest, craziest moments in sports. I do. It it is. It's absolutely bizarre. I think it was like one of the only times a playoff game had been walked off a winner in the as time expired. Absolutely wild touchdown, not a field goal. Obviously, field goals have happened, but um, we were in a in our basement watching it on our TV downstairs, and I just remember because my uh, aunt and uncle and my little cousin were over. He's like, I don't know, two at the time. So he's a small one. He's just playing with Legos out in the living room. Yeah, he's a little kid. Yeah, exactly. So we kick the field goal, go up, and then the Saints march right back down and kick another field goal, go up. We're all just like, I got to get in the field goal range because there was, what, like 50 seconds left? There was uh, no drive. Play. Yeah, drive did like kind of stalled or whatever. We get the first down, though, and obviously that play steps back. Our play starts. Keaton steps, steps into it, throws it. And as he catches it, I remember him going under. And I specifically remember as he, like, touched down, my dad yelling, get out of bounds to kick, like, a field goal. And and all of us were just kind of like, what? And then as he starts turning upfield and no one from the safety is going to hit him. He's like, ah, screaming. And the only reason I bring up my little cousin is because we scared the crap out of him. He was just (laughs) sitting there playing with Legos. I'm just not watching the Vikings game. And everyone started screaming oh my god and i we may have made him cry which is <laughs> kind amazing. of funny uh, well, it's but, not amazing i don't know why i'm saying a child cries <laughs> <laughs> oh but it was it was one of those moments where you're just like 
there's no way there is no flags. This doesn't happen to us. We don't no. get these moments. So it was, uh, oh, that was, that was some moment. I remember I'm in my living room and it's, he goes up for it. He catches it. And I see the two Saints players collide. And I almost thought like it was like two, like another Vikings player or something. And I was like, Oh, he just hit a illegal hit. They're going to call a flag. I was like, wait, that's the Saints players. And everyone, I think their moment, they realized that like, this is happening. It's like when he was going downfield and right when he scores, Diggs throws off the helmet. I mean, I'm just running in circles around my house. Just an amazing experience, especially as a Vikings fan. You said it. We don't have those moments. One of the most underrated moments is when he threw his helmet. You could see the ref in the background, like, throw a flag. Like, he was going to give him an excessive celebration. But then yeah. he realized the game was over, so it really didn't matter. So you no, could just no. see him, like, walk over and, like, scoop up the flag and stuff it back in his pocket. And he was like, oh, my God. Man, I loved it. Can you think of um, any Vikings moments that come to mind for you? I mean, we kind of talked about it the other night, but 09 was probably the first moment. Uh, I think that was the first time and probably one of the only times we've ever cried over a football game. That was, 09 was brutal. The NFC Championship game with the Saints. Um, that that was rough. Uh, there was so much hype around that year with Favre coming in and it was, we, we were great offense. You could still kind of go back and, watch some highlights of that year of like our offense would score pretty quickly. We'd probably average about the high twenties, low 30 points a game, our defense. And it's insane to see, but there's be plays where our old, our D line is like getting pressure on the quarterback before he can even like do his drop step. Uh, Mm -hmm. It was Ray Edwards, Jared Allen. I think Everson Griffin was on that team. Brian Robinson. We had some menaces on that D line. (laughs) And uh, it was brutal. And I, what makes it worse is I wasn't really listening. I was listening to a, a podcast with Brian Robinson. It was probably like a year or two ago. And after yep. that game, like obviously they have friends on other teams. And he was talking to someone on the Saints. And uh, uh, he was basically told Brian, he's like, yeah, if you guys would have beat us, you would have killed these guys at the Super Bowl. And that like, that hit pretty deep because I was like, oh my God. Why? <laughs> It's so true. I mean, Brett Favre was that leader to take us there. And that one mistake, the one interception, threw it all away. Yeah, that absolutely brutal. I mean, I don't even – I would honestly – this is just like still fresh in my mind because it was the last Vikings game. But um, the Giants game, it just felt like the whole game, it was our game to lose. Like we just – even this that final drive, we were doing nothing good, and it just sticks in my mind that we were thirteen and four. It was it was it was supposed to. We were the best team in our conference, in my opinion. I know obviously the Eagles were in there, but I just feel like we had been on such a streak, and just that Giants game just was like, wow, we actually are not that team. I mean, there was a pretty glaring issue with our team last year. Our defense was the worst in the league. And I feel like it's unfortunate because it shows kind of a bad reflection as you'll come to find out. I love Kirk Cousins. I think Kirk Cousins is a great quarterback, but that our defense almost every single year he's been here has been bottom to bottom half of the league. And it's just that game, Kirk did everything he could to keep He was killed that game smoked 
any word you can describe for a quarterback to step back in the pocket and get swamped by sexy Dexy Dexter Lawrence. It was, uh, it, it was bad. And you can even see it on that last play where, I mean, throw short of the line of scrimmage. I mean, not, no normal person would be, well, if you go look back at the play, it was, which I hate that we do a lot of it. It's basically three-person routes. You have, I think it was JJ on like a deep post. KJ was on, I think, a little shower post or a corner. I don't remember. And then it was Hawkinson coming out of the backfield. And I think if you had maybe a second, I think Dalvin was like scooting out of the backfield on the left side, which if you gave him a second, I think Dalvin probably could have made a man miss and got the first down. But I mean, I get the reasoning of you're going to lose the game anyway, throw the ball deep, let Justin Jefferson make a play. But JJ can only do so much. And how many times have Hawkinson broken that tackle and ran for another 10, 15 more yards? I just I hate how that whole game has been put on that one play where our defense made Daniel Jones get paid a five-year, two hundred million dollar contract. Yeah, I think about that. That is, you know what? Everything happens for a reason, though. We'll be back this year, and for some reason, I did not write this down. I was there at the game, the Colts and Vikings thirty-three and zero comeback. My goodness. I was there. How did I not put this down? That is probably my favorite moment. Man, me, I was probably one. Colts number two. That was an incredible game. I was going to bring that up earlier when you were talking about games you can rewatch. I think I've rewatched the second half highlights of that game multiple times. That was uh, my buddy's birthday was the night before. So we were all having fun, as you can imagine how I was the next morning. They actually all – they actually all went to the game. So my buddy and his girlfriend and her family were all at the game watching it. Um, I was sitting on my couch out there, and I it obviously started to go bad. It was blocked punt. Matt Ryan looking like MVP season Matt Ryan. It was not great. And then obviously going into half, 33-0. Um, I, I like to say it because I did say it, but I'm not going to be like, I knew it, but after their first score with KJ and that deep throw, I was like, all right, you only need like four more touchdowns or something. And our offensive scored quick this year. Um, and I, my parents was like, yeah, all right, sweetie. You know, like pat on the head, like, yeah, good, good. You can believe what you want. Um, and then was it JJ scored again quick? Um, and then I mean, what, two, three more touchdowns later, it's 21, uh, 33 and we're like oh crap this is a real thing because there's like two minutes left in the third it was like oh crap we we can do this and then that hope kind of slipped away when Regner stopped running that route and Kirk threw that interception uh towards the end of the game it was just like what are you doing man and then crazy we our defense stepped up forced another three and out and then marched down the field again scored another touchdown um and then finally that which we're again i say it i i'm really mad dalvin left us and we didn't give him a little more money uh that dalvin screen pass that he took 70 yards to the house stadium up oh i mean and then that dart to hawkinson to get the two points we we just came back 33 points it's ridiculous it's was so fun to watch uh-huh. Like you, you, you can't imagine you sitting there just watching teams slowly take. Like you see them like garbage time. Oh, they won 
21-35. Yeah, well, they were up 35 at half. They just didn't really do anything. But we – that was probably one of the best and most special games I've watched. Yes, I my videos I have of me there. They just they they show how crazy it was, but they can't capture what's like when you have 70,000, 65, 69,000 whatever people all going ballistic when he kicked that field goal. And I mean, honestly, we went more crazy at other plays in the game when like we were scoring, I think KJ caught a touchdown or something. I mean, there's almost too many highlights. You could say everyone on the team got a big play in the second half. Yeah, it was great. And I, I mean, that's the game that gave Paul Allen some uh, little national fame there when he was ripping on everyone. He's like, the punter, he punts it. He's awful. He can't do anything right. Matt Ryan, you stink. He was just going off with them. And then uh, the NFL world loved it. So I love, I love Paul Allen. He's agreed, like the only agreed. announcer who, maybe besides the Hornets announcers for the NBA, that have highlight reels on like YouTube where he's saying funny things. I love him. Yeah, Paul's uh, agreed. Great guy. All right, Dean. So let's go into a little ranking I saw for the week one quarterbacks. We have all 32 quarterbacks ranked. This is from SB Nation. Have you ever heard of that? Uh, I believe so, yes. Popular sporting site or whatever that does articles. And I wrote down the rankings, and I figured I'd get your opinions on all the starting quarterbacks to kick off the uh, first week of the NFL. I like it. All right, so we'll start at the bottom. Number 32, they have Clayton Toon slash Josh Dobbs, whoever the Cardinals decide to start. Any no hope for the Cardinals week one. <laughs> yeah, it's against Washington, who obviously due to our blind rankings, I have a pretty high uh, opinion on. They have a good defense, I mean. Yeah, the Cardinals are basically doing everything but actually saying they're tanking. It's, I mean, supposedly they named Kyler Murray a captain, so I – their plan is to have him play sometime this year. Is that going to happen? No, but even week two of preseason, they're shipping players off for dirt cheap. Isaiah Simmons, one of the best linebackers and defensive players in general in the NFL, fifth round pick. Here you go. It was like, I mean, he was like, hell, I would have liked the Vikings to throw in a fifth round pick for Isaiah Simmons. That would have been great. Yeah. But they, yeah, I agree. 32. Yeah, I'll get back to tanking in like four um, four uh, quarterbacks because I want to touch on that for uh, a team. Moving into 31, C.J. Stroud of the Texans. Yeah, I think it's more – and I'm feeling there's a lot of the rookies down there. It's it's just the unproven. You don't really know. Houston, you don't really know what they're going to do. Um, little unproven weapons down in Houston. I think C.J. will probably be fine. Same, I thought he was a bit low on this list personally, but he's a rookie, so it's easy to say we don't know what's going to happen. Agreed. Which leads me into 30, Bryce Young of the Panthers. I mean, him him and CJ, they're they're like two different sides of a coin. Like, they're both leading new teams. Uh, I'd say the Panthers have more weapons than the um, Texans, but the Panthers, I honestly feel it's like you did a – what do they call it? A fantasy draft on a Madden? What do they call it? Yeah, a fantasy draft, yeah. I mean, they just added so many different players and just all combined them onto one team. 
Yeah, I did laugh when they like started doing their little free agency gathering and then ESPN or something was like, the Carolina Panthers are collecting weapons. And it was like 34-year-old Adam Thielen, wide receiver to DJ Shark, Hayden Hurst. It was like... Oh, yeah, it was, it was like uh, Miles Sanders is okay, but I, he's never really been a lead back. He's always been in a running back by committee uh, system, but I don't know. I think the rookie, uh, Mingo, I think his name is, I think he'll do pretty decent. I think Thielen will be a very friendly quarterback target like he's always been. Very good hands, great red zone target. Um, don't really know anything about DJ Chark. Sorry, but. Um, I don't know. I think I can agree with that. Thirty, just the unknown. You don't really know what they're going to produce. That's what I'm saying. I'm just seeing the similarities on their list here. Is number twenty nine is Anthony Richardson. Yeah, that's. Um, I would have probably put him at thirty one and moved everyone else up one. I am not a huge believer in uh, Anthony Richardson. I I wasn't at the draft. Um, I, I just I don't, especially with the Colts organization kind of kind of tumbling in on itself. Um, That's no really wide receivers. Agreed. You got Pittman, and that's really about it at wide receiver. They may have added one or two, but Anthony Richardson, he's so unproven, and honestly, his stats weren't great. He started only what, 13 games in college, which if you go back and look at quarterbacks that were drafted high, that only started, mm-hmm. that started less than 20 games. It's not great. I think Kyler Murray is maybe the best out of the, that list. And even then he's been really, he had one good year and he's been underwhelming, but I, I'm not a huge believer in Anthony Richardson. Yeah. He's a big dude. He's like six four, two twenty, but it's, I don't know, man. Uh, I'm not a huge believer in Anthony Richardson. No, but I do I do like what you're saying. I would maybe move him a bit down more compared to CJ and Bryce. Moving into number 28, Baker Mayfield with the Bucks. You know, I I like Baker coming out of college, and I think I thought he was fine in Cleveland. Cleveland kind of let him down by actually letting him play before his shoulder healed, and then he started turning into a noodle arm. But before that injury, he was he was a stud. I, I still like Baker. I think he's got that little bit of dog in him still. Um, Carolina obviously wasn't great. It wasn't awful, but it wasn't yeah. the worst thing in the world. Um, that Rams Monday night game that went good for him. Good moment. I was just gonna him. say I knew there was another team in between there. I totally forgot what it was, but yeah, that that was sick. I I loved watching that game. That Van Jefferson drive, that touchdown. Uh-huh. Even Mike Tirico, I think he called that. It was just like, this is incredible. What is, what is this? It was, I I like Baker. Obviously, he deserves to be pretty low on this list because he hasn't really proven much. And Tampa Bay, their offense, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see indeed. Bringing reeling back into that tanking thing I was saying is I can definitely see the Bucks trying to tank to maybe get Caleb Williams, their QB um that's just so uncertain i mean tom brady it worked out they got a super bowl but after he was gone they were kind of screwed so i think baker is better than the other qbs they could have gotten but i i do think they might tank this season i don't know though thoughts 
I mean, it's going to be hard because Arizona basically has two first-round picks because of that Will Anderson uh, trade last year. So they You're basically right. have to be they have to be worse than Houston and Arizona, which is going to be really hard to do. So I, I supposedly it's a pretty I don't know if they're all going to be in this draft, but the quarterbacks at the collegiate level right now, there's a lot of talent there. So maybe mm-hmm. it's not so much a tank, but you get a top ten pick maybe you can find some pretty decent talent somewhere. But do I think they're going to tank? Probably not just because this year with all the picks Arizona has, it's going to be really hard to get Caleb Williams, who is the only person really worth tanking for. I love it. I love it. Number 27, Desmond Ritter of the Atlanta Falcons. We talked about it um, earlier. Unproven talent. You don't really know what he's going to be. He's got a lot of weapons around him. If he can manage the game, who knows? We'll see. Yeah, I mean, I was, I remember I used to do, I think it was the last Madden. If you went on to the 2020, uh, this upcoming season, like, you know, last season would have been Madden. If you went to this season in Madden, Desmond Ritter was winning MVP. So I don't know what was going on with my Madden leagues that I was running, but Desmond Ritter. Gosh, is he? Is this sophomore year? Is this junior year, sophomore year? Sophomore, yeah. He was a rookie last year. I will say, learning under Marcus Mariota isn't probably the best teacher, so I think the running back room will have to save him. Agreed. Agreed. All right, number twenty-six, Russell Wilson of the Broncos. I personally love that he's this low. He was so high last year. I actually drafted him in fantasy last year, and he has. Honestly, he could retire. I wouldn't even care. I have a deep hatred for Russell Wilson. I, <laughs> I, there's it happened. Like the I mean the between the videos of the Mister Unlimited and basically him saying he rehabbed 19 hours a day for a finger injury, um, and that was a story on like I don't remember if it was ESPN or Fox NFL Sunday. That was like a ten. That was like a five-minute story that they like did a whole interview on, and I just was I I can't stand that man. If if there is a definition of it, it's all about me, guy. That's Russell Wilson. It is, and he. I don't even think he realizes how like self-centered in his own world he is. Mm-hmm. But he. I I you've said it perfectly. I feel like he almost feels he's humble for some reason. Where in reality, he definitely knows he's like, okay, I'm I'm married to this singer actress, a super popular woman. I've gotten millions of dollars. I was a Super Bowl champion. I was a star in Seattle. And now that he's for some reason just become washed up out of just in the last two years, it, he's definitely in his head. You said it perfectly. Yep, we're just gonna leave it at that before I start it, cursing. It's gonna him. bring me joy watching Mahomes and Herbert throw touchdowns on him all day. Oh, agreed. All right, number twenty-five. We already talked about him earlier. Mac Jones of the Patriots, just mediocre. Just another yeah. QB. Yeah, exactly. He's a worse version of Tom Brady. That's really all. All you can say. That's all you can say. He's uh, he's the typical QB that Bill Belichick loves. More or less. Just copy and paste in New England. I mean, you had Jimmy Garoppolo. You've had Tom Brady. I mean, Bailey Zapp. I mean, just I feel like they're all the same. Um, Number 24, Sam Howell 
yeah, I mean, even these guys, granted, it's not his rookie year, but as a second year, they put him up a little more than everyone because he's shown some flashes of decency. When he played at the end of last year, he looked pretty good. So I I like Sam Howell. I think he's got a big arm, and I think that's kind of what they were missing last year, especially with how fast Scary Terry is and Joan Dotson. I like it. Perfect. Like they need a quick release with those guys. You had um, was Wenson was Wenson last year? Uh, Heineke. Heineke maybe. was your, but Heineke was out for a bit. So I think maybe it was Wentz. I'm trying to. It was one of them, been. but you're right. They're a quick trigger type of guy, and they can get up there. Especially scared Terry. He can jump up and get some balls. Be interesting sure? to see what Sam Howell brings. Number 23, Jordan Love. Personally, I would have had him maybe a couple spots lower. I, I, don't, I don't know if just because I hate the Packers. I don't expect anything good from Jordan Love this year. I, Which is so bizarre to say. I don't think they'll be that awful, and I kind of want them to be the second-place team again. I just I'm praying on Chicago's and Detroit's downfall. I'm really praying on their downfall. So I, I think Jordan Love will be okay. Do I think they hit pay dirt three times in a row and have a Hall of Fame caliber quarterback at their disposal? No. Utah boy. I, I don't think it's going to happen, but uh-uh. I, I think he looks decent. That's Yeah, that's honestly, I can't hate too much. He has to follow in the footsteps of Aaron Rodgers. So he's, he's filling a hole he can't fill, so – is it, we'll see what he offers. Um, number twenty-two, Brock Purdy. I feel I feel like he's kind of low. I mean, uh, he he was great in the playoffs, personally, in my opinion. And this will be his first regular season leading the helm. And as of right now, it's just him in the in San Francisco. Yeah, I I'm I need to see a few little more out of. Brock Purdy, especially this year with a full off season, especially after that shoulder injury where most people didn't think he'd actually play at all this year, but he's, I guess, starting week one. Um, I mean, it's a great story for the six, seven, eight games he played last year, but he didn't show anything crazy special. It showed he was basically a point guard, just passing the ball off to all these weapons and seeing how they play so you make a good point he had so many weapons last year in the playoffs it was easy to look good when you're throwing it up to IU, Debo uh, McCaffrey to side Kittle such a good point let's move into number 21 D Jones Daniel Jones from the Giants I'd actually put him up a little higher I, I like Danny Dimes uh, I think he's just a naturally athletic dude is he the most accurate passer in the world no. Does he sometimes make some stupid mistakes? Yeah. But, I mean, as long as Saquon stays there, which he seems to be, obviously he signed his one-year deal for like a $500,000 raise, so yeah. good for him. Glad he was holding out for that. But I, I like Daniel Jones. I guess we'll see. I think he deserves to be a few spots higher, but we'll see. I don't know if it's because Daniel Jones, like, he runs at times. He's because of his haircut. He reminds me of Peter Parker, Spider-Man, of, like, a nerd becoming a superhero. Like, Daniel Jones becoming a starting quarterback and getting paid millions of dollars. I mean, he is from Duke, so do with that as you will. 
He's a he's probably a smart guy. All right, top twenty, number twenty, Ryan Tannehill. I I guess since he's a veteran, he's high. But I mean, maybe D Hop raises his value, but I I don't know. Yeah, I'm the same here. Tennessee has never really been a potent passing team with him at the helm. Derrick Henry's always just been the guy, and he's been a play action timer to the a wide receiver to. But anytime they're in like a passing situation, usually doesn't turn out well. So 20 is probably an accurate spot for Tannehill. Yeah, I agree. All I think of with the Titans is that they were the last team to beat Tom Brady on the Patriots. That's other than that, but did have they ever made it far in recent years? I don't think so. Uh nope. They're the number one seed and got upset by Cincinnati two years ago. That was an odd. That was an odd number one seed. I don't know how they worked their way up there. Um, let's get in to number 19, a certain man. We know someone that loves this man, Kenny Pickett of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. I mean, he was not great last year. He was really kind of bad last year. I think his stats were in the 13 games he played. Uh, it was like 1200 yards, seven touchdowns and nine picks. It was it was bad. Um, he had. I mean, you can make the excuse that Najee Harris was semi injured last year, uh, but he came back at the end. He had Pickens all last year. He had Deontay Johnson. He he had his weapons. Fryer move. I don't know what's going to change this year. You can say, oh, he looked great in preseason, but it's preseason. You you can say he played against the ones. The ones didn't care. They knew they made the team. Yeah. It, we have to wait and see at the regular season. I think 19 is probably a decent spot for him. Good spot for him. Number 18, Jimmy Garoppolo of the Las Vegas Raiders. I like Jimmy G. Uh, I think he's a he's a better quarterback than uh, people make him out to be. Uh, yep. He's, a, I mean, a better version of Brock Purdy, more or less. He's just less expensive, which is why the 49ers moved on from him instead of sticking with who Mr. Relevance probably making $750,000 a year, probably not, probably not making anything. So no. why pay a guy 25 to 30 million when you can pay a guy less than a million dollars per year? So I don't know. Um, he's a, a good point guard is more or less what it is. Just hand the ball off. He's not going to beat you slinging the ball, but he, no. he can distribute it. Average guy. Not much to say about Jimmy G. He he had his he had his time with the 49ers, but now he is in Las Vegas. Hopefully he doesn't party his life away like another Raiders player. Um, um moving into number 17. I don't know how he's this low. Maybe I could understand Justin Fields of the Bears is ranked at number 17. Remember when I said I'm praying on the Chicago and Detroit's downfall? <laughs> the hype around the hype around uh, Justin Fields being an MVP quarterback has just driven me up the wazoo. Uh, the the dude's never passed for over 300 yards. He's coming off a three win season. He Bears fans freak out when they lose 35 to 17, but Justin Fields ran for 200 yards and a touchdown. Okay. You lost by three scores. It's, yeah. I, 
I don't understand this just random hype around Justin Fields. And like, guys, look, he can throw a football. And I throw clips back at him at Ohio State. Okay. No, so everyone can throw a football in college. That's why you're in the pros. But I, 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 I can't. I think he should be down in the 20s. Uh, it's an interesting opinion because he, he is one of those guys that people expect a lot of this year. Man. Oh, yeah. Okay, number 16, Deshaun Massage Watson of the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, uh, that's him. And, uh, I mean, he showed sparks in Houston. Hasn't showed it since he decided to not take his year off and come back and stop touching women and play football. So we're just going to leave that up there. 16. Yeah, we'll we'll leave sure. Deshaun there. We're not gonna give sure. him their time. Okay, <laughs> top fifteen now. Jared Goff, another man you're praying on his downfall. Um, not so much. I like Goff. It's not so much him on himself. It's the whole Detroit is like the team to beat in the NFC. I don't know where it's come. From. They went don't have a losing season for the first time in a decade, and suddenly they're like favorited. Is this? They've had more talent on their roster in past years, and they haven't done anything with it. No. Uh, they went 0-16 with Calvin Johnson on the roster. That's – they – I don't know. I, I've i never been a huge fan of Dan Campbell all the way back to his bite-off kneecap days, and then hard knocks when they covered him last year. Maybe just dislike him even more. He, he seems like a college coach that somehow – put himself into the pros and you can see that there's been plenty of times where his coaching decisions have screwed the team from winning games. There was one against Chicago. It may have even been Thanksgiving two years ago where towards the end of the game, he just made like blatant, I think it was bad timeouts. I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was just like blatant coaching errors. And it was like, what are you doing? You just cost your team a win. And at the time they were, I think, Oh, and 10, which of course they, beat the Vikings then what two weeks later and but yeah, yeah it's, it's not so much Jared Goff it's the whole aroma or just aura around Detroit winning it all yeah Jared Goff got some weapons this year I wish him some luck good good for him he's moved on yep. from his Rams days I, I forget at times he led a Super Bowl team he led a team to the Super Bowl Granted, they only scored what nine points in that Super Bowl, but three points. each their own. Two three each points. their own. Three. Oh, it was three to nine. Sorry, nine was the winning team. Oh, I think it was ten. I think they Gronk got that TD towards the end. Remember that? Three to ten. I'm trying to think. Not that much. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's not. Number fourteen, Derek Carr on the Saints. Yeah, we talked about it at the beginning, all the way at the beginning of how we think he's going to improve their offense with Olave and Michael Thomas hopefully coming back, Kamara sneaking his way back. They drafted a rookie running back who was supposed to be, I think it's like Kendra Miller or something like that. It's supposed to be good. Jimmy Graham, I mean, say what you will, but in that preseason game, he showed signs of Drew Brees and Jimmy Graham hookups. So I'll see we'll lead. see. My boy Jimmy Graham, he just he loves football too much. Yes, sir. All right, number 13. Ooh, 13. Tua Tugavailoa. 
Um, I just, I mean, that team has so much potential if they stay healthy is the matter of, that's the name of the game. Tua, will he play a full season with his concussion pass? Will their running backs stay healthy? Will Is Jalen Waddle even healthy enough to play? Their whole team, their biggest question mark is injuries. And if Tua can stay healthy, they should be a pretty decent team and probably a contender. That whole AFC East is, other than really the Patriots, is a bunch of powerhouses. So we'll see if Tua stays healthy to compete. Is the yeah, question. man. He 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 can be super good, but he is concussions. I mean, if this guy takes one more hit like he did last season, he could die. He could actually die. The, the brain injuries he could suffer from. I mean, yeah. he should not have. What 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 did? I believe that concussion ordeal last year resulted in people getting like federally sued or something, like the team trainer or something. Yeah, I think there was something like that. I mean, the biggest one is it changed the NFL rules, which that's led to going back to the Vikings-Colts game. That's what led to Jalen Rager being on the field because Stephon Gilmore gave a little cheap shot to Justin Jefferson, like headbutted him in the face, and he had to go off the field for the concussion eval. And Justin was fuming because he'd be like, I'm fine. What are you doing? But that new rule that came in made him go off the field. So that's bad. I don't like that. That whole concussion, um, I don't know if the rules are going to be the same. They tend to die down towards the end of the year, which, I mean, whatever is fine, but yeah, we'll see. Very true. Let's keep it rolling. Number 12, the return season of Matthew Stafford on the Rams. Yeah, um, that whole team, again, it's the exact same thing. Can you stay healthy? The, they, Everyone, more or less got hurt last year. Cooper, Stafford, half the row line, some of the running backs, their defense. It it was kind of sad to watch after like yeah. quite a dramatic fall from grace. Um, but Cam Akers showed signs of spark uh, last year uh, towards the end of the year. Hopefully Cooper's hamstring stays healthy. Um, who knows? They Stafford hopefully can – be decent. I'm actually surprised he's this high up on the list, to be frank. Mm-hmm. Yeah, honestly, it'll be interesting to see how he does this year. I, his weapons have downgraded, honestly. I mean, Cooper Cup's now more hurt. Uh, I, gosh, I don't even know what to say. We'll see how he does. I, I wish him luck. Matthew Stafford's a good dude. I do not hate Matthew Stafford in the slightest. Agreed. Number 11, another dude that I like, Geno Smith, leading the Seahawks. Again, I don't know for how long. I feel like they're trying to get, um, what's his name in there? Drew Locke, isn't he their second string right now? Yeah, he came over in that trade from Denver to that gave, put Russell Wilson back. Oh, and I'm gosh. assuming before preseason, that was the goal was to start Drew Locke. And he looked pretty good this preseason. But again, I've said it seven times now. It's preseason. What are you gonna What are you gonna really learn from that? No. But I don't know. Geno Smith is one of those. He, he was benched and almost out of the league for a reason. He had one flash in the pan season, which good for him. Last year, I mean, that probably did wonders for him, and especially in his future. He he got paid, uh, yep. where he was not making very much money beforehand. But I haven't totally bought in to that Geno Smith uh, hype. He, we'll just see. He's got his weapons now. 
will he continue that success or will he kind of revert back to the Gino we all saw for the last decade? Very true. They wrote him off. He did not write back. He also scored over 300 fantasy points last year. Somehow, uh, he just snuck in a 300 fantasy point season. I don't even know where that came from. Moving into our top 10, I wish he was a bit higher. I would put him a bit higher. The most underappreciated quarterback in the league. He gets all the blame. It's not his fault. That is right. Our own, the beloved Kirk Chains. Cousin Kirk O'Chains. Kirk Cousins at the number 10 spot. Yeah, that's probably about the right spot for him. He's got all the weapons now. If his defense even is mid to high teens, I think we'd have a pretty successful team. Our offense puts up points, and they can put up points quickly with J.J. Our running game is now a little suspect, so it's going to be more on him and his (laughs) arm. But Kirk going into contract years, usually pretty good, and he's going into his contract year. I have a feeling the Vikings are trying to get younger, and so they'll move on. Uh, But that brings into a lot of questions of what Justin Jefferson will want. Will he want to be catching passes from a rookie or some random second year, or will he want to go to an established quarterback? Obviously, Kirk's given him record-breaking numbers, numbers we haven't seen before out of a wide receiver in his first four years. I I like the guy. I hope he sticks around until he retires. Uh, but, yeah, against Tampa Bay, he should, he should shred them up. We should tear up Tampa Bay, man. I they, This should be our bounce-back game. We should start off the season with a dominant performance like last year. When we, when we ran the Packers, it just it brought in all the momentum. Agreed. Number nine. Dak Prescott of the Cowboys. Interesting choice. Yeah. um, If Dak Prescott didn't play for the Cowboys, he'd be treated much worse than Kirk Cousins. He is a worse version of Kirk Cousins. He's never really done anything. He misses – he's had some of the best talent around him and has accomplished so little – um, maybe it's just because I don't like the Cowboys because they have to flaunt it in everyone's face. I don't blame you. But not a huge Dak Prescott guy. He's a worse version of Kirk Cousins, and I guess we'll see what he does this year. He can completely prove me wrong by throwing for 4,500 yards and 30 touchdowns. But until I see it, oh well. Yeah, Cowboys got weapons. Dak's back. We'll see how he does. Number eight. Same number that he wears, Lamar Jackson of the Baltimore Ravens. I think yeah. you guys have on this. Yeah, we, t- we covered a lot of it when we talked about fantasy guys. He's coming off a leg injury, and I was really scared that the Vikings were going to do stupid Vikings things, and when he was having his whole contract dispute, throw in an offer to try and trade for him and waste, what, three first-round picks for a guy that – will play one year, take one hit in the knee, and be RG3, more or yeah. less. I, I really I, – I hope he's been one of the most exciting players. I had him on my fantasy team when he won MVP, so it was, it was great. He's been a really exciting player to watch, but running quarterbacks after a knee injury are never the same, and I – I don't feel like Lamar is going to be any different. Yeah, I don't know how he's going to do this year. He's, the injuries have definitely held him back. He could be good with that Ravens squad, but 
I mean, I've been following him since college, and I'll ever forget when he fell solo in the draft. I, I, I wasn't even that experienced as I was with, uh, with what I know now about the NFL, and even I was watching him fall, and I'm like, someone's got to pick him up. But hey, and at the time, I was like, oh, Joe Flacco, what? Joe Flacco's going to be around a long time, and Lamar took over his spot right away. Yep. All right, number seven. Aaron Rodgers now on the Jets all the way up to seven. Is it because he's great, or do you think he's actually going to make a huge impact this year? Oh, I think he's the the quarterback that they needed, and hopefully his impact kind of rubs off on Zach Wilson to even continue that. And he's he shows signs of that. Even I, I keep saying it because that's the only football we have right now. But in preseason, Zach looked pretty good. He kind of looked Aaron Rodgers-esque with the way he was throwing it and the way he was moving it. Um, so I, I like, uh, Aaron Rodgers. I think he's going to make that team an incredibly viable squad. Mm -hmm. Completely, completely agree. Honestly, he is as good as he says he is. And as much as I thank goodness, there's not too many of these, but him scorching the bears or him scorching, uh, who was it in preseason? You know, the one guy that was talking crap to him. Oh, the Giants, Jihad Ward. Yes. I mean, dude could back up his talk. And now that he's out of the NFC North, I can actually root for Aaron Rodgers because I could Agreed. care less who wins in the AFC. Agreed. Number six in the AFC, the Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence up to six. Now. I mean, Definitely has worked his way up from last year. Definitely has an upgraded team. They seem to be getting a bit better every year. This could be a good year for Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars. Yeah, that's that's a pretty high uh, spot for them. I would have put them probably around that 8-9 spot. Um, but I guess they believe in uh, Jacksonville. Obviously, they impressed last year with that comeback win in the playoffs, but then didn't really back it up the week later. But, yeah. it, I mean – They've got talent there. I think Calvin Ridley is definitely going to help um, Trevor Lawrence. So who knows? I think they'll be a pretty – like, as we said, it's their division to lose. Very true. All right. The top five, according to SB Nation, QBs heading to week one. Do you have a prediction before I begin? Uh, I'm going to say this one is Burrow. It is Jalen Hurts. They have Jalen Hurts at the number five spot. You were just about to say it. It was on the tip of your I was. You, you heard that <laughs> come out. Yeah, yeah. You, <laughs> I, I didn't because every media source I've seen has been like, Jalen Hurts is the best quarterback in the NFC. They're going to – Eagles go in Super Bowl again. So I just figured they'd have him at like two or three. But, I mean, Hurts before last year was not great. The Eagles lost their defensive and offensive coordinators. So we'll see if that replicates. Um, I don't know. There's definitely some spots where the Eagles were just so good everywhere else where it could make up for some of Jalen Hurts. Very few mistakes he made last year. He, he had a really good season, but I don't think it'll carry over, and I don't think the Eagles will be as dominant as they were last year. It's I, you know, honestly, they've upgraded so much. I feel they've edited some of their teams, if you want to say it like that, new draft picks. I got Jalen as a QB in one of my 12-man leagues. I love the guy. But, you know, number five, an okay spot for him. At number four, I 
I don't know if I'm going to get flagged for this, but I think this guy's overrated. Justin Herbert at the number four spot. Uh, I love Gerbert. Again, another random guy that I've got his jersey. Um, he's a gunslinger, man. That dude, there was one game last year where he, I think he broke his rib, and he threw an absolute piss missile. It was like 40 yards on a rope to one of his wide receivers. He is so unbelievably talented. And I know it's the always joke, it's never his fault. Obviously, that team hasn't had a lot of success, um, especially in the postseason last year when they gave up that lead to Jacksonville. But they, they've got some talent this year. Hopefully, they can get some use out of Keenan Allen before he retires eventually. Yep. Uh, that Quinton Johnson they drafted is supposed to be a big goal line target. So hopefully, him and Mike Williams can cause some issues. Uh on the offensive side. So I like it. I like Gerbert. Yeah. You know, I think it's just, I, I feel like I always just hear people talking about him and then he like has like an off week or the chargers finish badly. And I'm like, Oh, I thought he was supposed to be this big guy, but Hey, who am I to say? I'm not the leading quarterback for the chargers. I can't say nothing. All right. Into our top three. You almost had him. Who's number three, Dane. Is that Burrow? It is Joe Burrow at the number three spot. Yeah, if he stays healthy, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. There's nothing, no really denying that. Um, drug an awful Cincinnati offensive line and really other than Jamar Chase and T. Higgins offense to the Super Bowl two years ago. Um, what, what more can you say? Dude's an absolute stud. Absolute stud. I hope he can heal up quickly. And I don't believe he's starting week one, if I'm correct. He might be. That's still up in the air. We'll have to see how that goes. All right. You have your two and one. Do you have a guess who's number two? And who's it better be one? Allen and then Mahomes. Um, it would be spot on. Josh Allen at number two. Patrick Mahomes, obviously, at number one. If the trip Patrick Mahomes is going to be at the top of every list, even if the Chiefs are 0 and 5. The media loves Patrick Mahomes, but good, good for Allen making it up to the number two spot on this list. Yeah, rightfully so. Patrick Mahomes is probably one of the best quarterbacks, I mean, most generations have ever seen in their lifetime. It's mm-hmm. arguably, if he, as dark as it is, if he died today, there's a good chance he's a first ballot Hall of Famer from what he's put up right now. Easily. He is one of my favorite players to watch. I know his family is all controversial, and that's the reason family. he's uh, not really liked. But Patrick Mahomes is easily one of the most likable guys in the NFL. He doesn't cause a lot of drama. In the show Quarterback, he raised a little controversy because he was very much a me guy when he was like smack talking. He was like, I did that. I do that. Oh. But uh, whatever. That's a moment in a heated rivalry game you, you can't really make a guy's uh character off of that um so yeah patrick mahomes deserved to be one and then josh allen love the guy dude's insanely talented giant arm uh hopefully he's not regressing to his rookie slash second year um season where he kind of just flung it all oh, over God. the place and uh relied on his legs too much so Love those two at two and one. 
I like it. I like it. Uh, not the not a perfect list, but honestly, not too bad. Not too many things I'd change. It's just one website's list, but I like I like what it offers. It gives us a good perspective of how the media is viewing these guys, and also what we can expect because Mahomes is supposed to be the best. He probably will be the best this season. Agreed. So, as you know, we do have limited time, so I am going to go into a little game. I'm going to have another game for you. We're not ranking things. I'm going to have you guess some stadiums. So I'm going to give you a stadium, and I'm going to see if you can tell me what team it belongs to. Excellent. All right. All right. You ready to dive in? I am. Let's get it. Let's get it. Um, Everbank Stadium. Do you know whose stadium that is? Uh, I feel like – is that – uh, it's not Cincy, is it? It is not the Cincinnati Bengals. I'll give you another guess. You'll get two Ever, guesses each one. Everbank. Jeez. Uh, uh, that's one I don't think I have ever heard of. Uh, no clue. 49ers. It is actually the Jacksonville Jaguar Stadium. Everbank oh. Stadium. That's why. That that's uh, from what I've heard and from every list. That stadium's a dump, and it's gonna get replaced sometime soon because the ocean air just deteriorates that place. Yeah, I um, when I was looking up some of these names, I was like, "Wow, this stadium was built how long ago? How this place is? Oh my gosh!" All right, next up, FedEx Field. Oh God, I'm trying to. I have it. I know who it is. Just stop. Uh. Is that is that the Deadskins, Washington Redskins? That would be the Commander Stadium. Okay, cool, 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 Very cool. good. One for one. Cool, cool. Okay. Highmark Stadium. Highmark Stadium. Is that Tennessee? It is not Tennessee. Correct conference, oh. though. Oh, excellent. Uh... Oh my is that one Cincinnati? That is not Cincinnati. That's actually the home of the Bills. Oh, is it really? Highmark Stadium, where Josh Allen is the king. Hmm. Well, if you want to say he's the king of Buffalo, I don't. But um, moving in, you are now one and two. You got three more left. All right, time All to right. rally. Need to go positive. Lumen Field. Oh, that's Seattle. I know that one. Lumen Field, two and two now. Paycor Stadium. Where the hell are these names? I <laughs> Paycor. P a y c o r. I'm gonna keep guessing it because I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep shooting for it. Is that Cincinnati? That would be the Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> All righty, you are three and two to go. You're either gonna go five hundred or you're gonna go over five hundred. All right, you ready? I'm ready. State Farm Stadium. Uh, State Farm Stadium. I believe this was recently renamed because I thought the I knew Cardinals. The Cardinals? Yeah. That would be the Cardinals. Four and two. Very nice. Good job. Let's go. Yeah, I mean, uh, Highmark Stadium. I mean, I, I, I would never think the Bills played there. I recognize their stadium, but I never knew the name of it, honestly. 
Yeah, I feel like it's called something else. Maybe it's just called Buffalo. Like they never say the name of the stadium because they're just called Buffalo on TV. I mm-hmm. maybe I just don't never heard it, but yeah, no clue. Yeah, so, Embarrassing. Um, also give you uh, two more trivia questions. Why don't you? Do you know which stadium houses the most fans? Which NFL stadium houses the most fans? I'm assuming it's Jerry's World in Dallas. It is not the AT&T Stadium. Close. Oh. Super close. I am getting this from Wikipedia, though, so, I mean, my my seating could be off. Then is it New Orleans? No. Go up the East Coast. Uh, is it MetLife? It is MetLife Stadium. Weird. Do you know how many? Do you know how many? I'm assuming it's like 71,000 or something. 82,500. It had 2,500 more than uh, AT&T Stadium. Jeez. According, but I mean, obviously, I uh, that could easily be changed. It all they always add little seats in everywhere. Um, so yeah, MetLife Stadium houses the most fans, and it opened back in 2010. So I mean, 13 years of um, MetLife Stadium. <coughs> Excuse me. Do you know which one has the least amount? Uh, let's go Cleveland. No, you actually guessed it. It was actually one of the um, six stadiums we just guessed. Oh, you. Uh, is it Arizona? It is not. It's actually the Commanders. FedEx Field houses the least football fans. Do you want to guess how many? Uh, 59. 58,000. Just about. Opened in 1997. Man, you almost had that. Um, how many um, NFL stadiums have you been to? Um, Shoot, I got to think. I've been, obviously, it's U.S. Bank. Same. Um, Lambo, we Same. went to. Um, weird one. We went to the for a family trip. We were down in uh, Tennessee, so I've been to the Titans Stadium. How about that? Uh, speaking of the Cardinals, we stopped by uh, that stadium when we were down in Arizona. Um, my parents go to Vegas and they've seen the Vegas Stadium. If that counts, but that, that's a cool stadium. I bet. It is. It looks. I think my dad sent a picture of it, and it it's a pretty cool stadium. I I'm a fan of that one. Um, did you guys go to Heinz or when it was Heinz Field? Yep, we did go to Heinz Field, and then uh, Arrowhead because we went on a trip to Kansas City, and that and I think they're still uh, the baseball diamond and the football are like share a parking lot. It's I think that's weird. cool. That's a unique yeah. stadium. Yeah. So I've been there. Uh, think that's yeah. it i don't think we've detroit or soldier field i don't think we've ever been there so good enough to end out our stadium talk what um we'll go with what state do you think should add a football team to it and we'll actually go with two since they would need to even out the divisions so what yeah. two states should add a team i think i i honestly st louis deserves a football team back uh i think they that's should cool. get they should get a squad back um, and then probably, uh, God, I don't know. I'm trying to think where maybe one of the Virginias, maybe they can throw a team. Yeah, back. they can get know. one. I don't I know if they got like, any sports squads, but I personally like an Oklahoma football team. Something I feel like there's a little, maybe. 
Yeah, there's a little too many much football down in Texas right now. I think with the Dallas and Houston, that whole area. I feel like that would Texas be a little is crowded. You're right. That would be a little controversial. Mm, what else? What, what other stadium do, would you put one in Oregon? Uh, <laughs> I mean, there already is one in Seattle, so. Or Utah, maybe? They're, I don't know. It's tough to say. I guess I don't know what the sports crowd is. Obviously, they got the Jazz, and they just won the whatever NBA Finals. So it's maybe the, they've got a – The Jazz did not win the NBA Finals. That was the Nuggets. Oh, was it the Nuggets? Oh, my God. I'm dumb. I'm so dumb. Uh, hey, who knows? <laughs> maybe uh, maybe uh, Donovan Mitchell will beat them. Oh, it's, uh, it's a championship. Those... It's those damn West teams, you know, it's stuck in my head. All right, Dane, we have under 20 minutes left of our interview. Let's give our NFL Week 1 picks to round this out. How's that sound? Awesome. I I guess, do you have them? So I, can just narc I off do have work. all the games listed out for you. Awesome. Let's just knock off your work. I like it. Let's get into it. We're kicking off. I mean, if you guys listened to the last episode, I gave a preview of our opening game between the Lions and Chiefs. But we're here live now with Dane, and he's going to give us his picks as well. All right? And our whole picks. Because actually, did you know, fun fact, if you listened to the last episode, is that the Chiefs and Lions have actually only played 14 times in history. Very interesting. Interesting interesting. thing. So, Lions and Chiefs, kick us off. Who you got? Uh, Chiefs by a lot. I'm not buying the hype. I think Chiefs are going to smoke them. With or without Kelsey? Uh, Yeah. I I think they still got it. I'm guessing it's going to be something like 35-21. I think it's going to smoke them. I agree with you. Chiefs, it's going to be hard to bet against them. Maybe obviously they're not going undefeated personally with this squad. So we'll find a game to lose, but I do not think they're losing in Arrowhead in the season opener against the Lions. Agreed. Kicking off our 12 o'clock slate Titans at Saints. Uh, I got to give it to the Saints on this one. I think their offense is going to be pretty good. I don't know what Tennessee has to offer. So I'm not liking the Saints on that one. Interesting. Okay, so I'm actually, this is going to be one of my oddball picks for the week. I'm going with the Titans just because I don't think Carr has that relationship just yet with the wide receivers. And I think Derrick Henry is going to tear apart the uh, starting line for the um, Saints, in my opinion. I see it's a 50-50 matchup. Saints are currently listed as the favorite by a bit. Next up, the one game that I know you and me will both be watching in full. Buccaneers at our Vikings. Do we even need to say who we think is going to win this one? I mean, <laughs> I mean, it better be the Vikings. Otherwise, my mood for the next week is going to be absolutely destroyed. Let's... I mean, they, I expect them to win. I'm I'm going plus 14. Give me at least a two-touchdown victory here, Vikings. I really hope so. Yeah, I don't know how much our defense has improved, but I'm hoping it's something. Very much so. Next up, the Cardinals at the Commanders. Uh, I'm taking Commanders by a lot. Uh, All day. Yep. I I just, that Cardinals, they have nothing to offer. And honestly, they could go 0-17. They, they legit, like, they have a bad roster. I'll say it. They do. They do. 
All right, this should be an interesting one. 49ers at the Steelers. 49ers currently a favorite, but I don't know. It's in Pittsburgh. Some things always happen. I think it'll be the 49ers still, as we talked about. Brock Purdy just has to be a decent point guard and distribute mm-hmm. that ball to all the weapons that they have. So I'm still going 49ers. I, I completely agree with you. You can make a case the Steelers are at home, but when you when you have, at least in week one, McCaffrey healthy, Kittle should be healthy, you'll have Debo. The whole team should be healthy to start out this game. They should be able to get done. Next up, divisional matchup, Bengals and Browns in Cleveland. Well, I guess it all depends on if Burrow plays. If Burrow plays, it should be Cincinnati all the way. If he doesn't, it becomes much more of a toss-up. got to uh, it really, it, if Burrow plays, I think it's Cincinnati. If not, I, I hopefully the Browns can or do do something. So, put it perfectly. Put it perfectly. Without Burrow, it's a toss up. With Burrow, there's just no shot. Him and Chase will eat the will eat Cleveland alive. Quite literally. Agreed. All right, this one. I mean, this is the battle of new QBs. Panthers at Falcons. Obviously, divisional rivals. I I don't know personally. I think I got to give it to Atlanta. I I think they they've added some spots on uh, defense just recently. Brian Burns. I don't know if he's officially holding out the star pass rusher for Carolina. He's having contract. Yeah, he's having contract disputes right now. So if he's out, that's a huge hit to that Carolina defense. And if they don't have him. Uh, there's not a whole hell of a lot stopping uh, Atlanta from just running down their throats. So we'll see. No, I'm no, going with no. Atlanta. I'm going with the Panthers. I'm rocking with my boy Adam Thielen, uh, Minnesota alum, Viking. I'm not Minnesota State alum, Vikings alum. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna give them a chance. All right. I'm gonna say Miles Sanders does something. I'm gonna say Bryce Young does something, but who knows what will happen. This I'm not going to ride or die on this team. No bets will be made on the Panthers. Okay. A good return game for Lamar. The Texans at the Ravens. Who are you rocking with? Uh, hoping it's the Ravens. Uh, we'll see. Hopefully everyone stays healthy. And my predictions of faulty knees don't come true. No, this should be a Ravens win. Texans are an average, below average team at this point. Uh, good one here. Jaguars and Colts. I think we might be in consensus. What are you feeling? I got the Jags. I think the Jags should run the Colts. Read completely. Don't really know what the Colts defense offers against Trevor Lawrence with now. You got Zay Jones is now like the third or fourth string wide receiver, which shows how deep it is. Calvin Ridley's out there. Travis Etienne in the backfield. Um, who, who, what other wide receiver? Christian Kirk. I mean, a lot of good weapons with this team. Moving into our 325 slates, we get to watch our divisional rivals tear each other apart as the Packers visit the Bears. Uh, I think the Bear, or I think the Packers win that game. Um, right. Yeah, I the Bears three win season. You can say all they want of how they've added pieces. They haven't really added meaningful pieces. DJ Moore is probably the best piece they added, and. That's not the side of the ball that was – I mean, they were both bad last year, but their defense was was atrocious. So we'll see. I'm thinking Green Bay 
shows what they've got in Jordan Love, and I think they pull out the win against Chicago. You know, I respect that completely. I think the Packers can offer them some challenges, but my whole family's Bears fans. I'm going to give Justin Field the benefit of the doubt. Home opener in Chicago at Soldiers Field. He gets it done. He shows off some improvement in the arm game. DJ Moore gets something done. Maybe even Khalil Herbert pops off. I'm going to give the Bears this one. All right. All right. This one. Eagles at Patriots should be a good start of the season for the Eagles. It should. I think the Eagles take it. Um, as we talked about, Patriots don't have a lot of reason to give resistance to the yeah. yeah. And I honestly think the Patriots defense, besides this game, should be pretty good. When they're not playing a star team like the Chiefs, Bills, Eagles, 49ers, I think this defense can really give some lower-level teams some issues. Agreed. Agreed. That's so. Rams at Seahawks. This could be a close one. This could be a close one. Yeah, it's I mean, the Rams, it's there's a lot of these games that are banking on injury. If a lot of if Cooper Cups out, that's a huge swing for the Seattle Seahawks. So big swing. With with Seattle with Cooper being kind of iffy right now, I think I gotta give it mm-hmm. to Seattle. I agree with you completely. Geno Smith's under helm. I think he does historically well in game openers. I also think that the Seattle crowd will give issues to anyone returning, I'll go with the Seahawks. Why not? It doesn't really impact us here in Minnesota with our Vikings. I like the it. The Dolphins at the Chargers. This I mean, a good one. This could be the- it is. I'm going to give it to the Chargers just for my love of Herbert. Uh, mm-hmm. I, think, I think they're going to be pretty good this year, and I think hopefully um, – it's a good game because we don't really know what Miami has when they're mm-hmm. healthy because they've always been injured. So we'll see. Yeah, it'll be close. I'm honestly feeling a Dolphins OT win, in my opinion. That's going to be my prediction. I think it could be one of the best games to start out the season. So I'm actually going to go with um, Dolphins over the Chargers here. But uh, like easily, char- easily Chargers could run away with this if the Miami backfield's not up for par. I like it. All right, rounding out the 325 games, Raiders at Broncos. Ugh, I hope this game is not on a regular TV station. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm thinking it's going to be the Raiders. I, I hope it is. They've got the talent, and who knows what Sean Payton's got. He can talk a lot of mean guy talk, saying everything was awful before I came here, but – Bounty Gate coach can only do so much. I'm going uh, Vegas. Yeah, I'm not riding with the Broncos at all. Jerry Judy just got hurt. I mean, obviously, Cortland Sutton can do some stuff. I don't even know what they're going to do at running back. I feel like Javante Williams, he's okay. But, I mean, they could easily rotate some things around. I'm just I'm just going to go with the Raiders. I don't, Josh Jacobs, I feel like he can do some nasty things to that Broncos D-line. Agreed. Sunday night football, we are treated with the Cowboys at the Giants. I think the as much as I hate to say it, I think the Cowboys got them. I think it's going to be a little too much for them. Uh, yeah. yeah, so I think I'll take the boys. Yeah, Cowboys-Giants, they usually split. Very, very competitive games usually. Good divisional matchup. We'll have to agree with you. Okay, let's get into it. I feel like they always put the new QB on a Monday night game. 
We got the Bills at the Jets. Josh Allen versus Aaron Rodgers. Who are you rocking with? I think just because they're so new, they haven't maybe put the chemistry together yet uh, against the wild oil machine of Buffalo. I think Buffalo is going to come in and give them a little slap on the mouth, um, get them used to working together. And I think that's what's going to – the catalyst that's going to set uh, the Jets forward. But I think Buffalo is going to go and smack them on the mouth uh, Monday night. I completely agree. I think it's going to take some time for these Jets players to get used to playing under Aaron Rodgers because they haven't played under a good quarterback. I mean, truly, I tell you, the last, like, good quarterback with, like, some veteran experience was probably Joe Flacco, who left a little bit for them. Am I wrong? Like, who? Yeah, who even then, Flacco was kind of uh, washed kind of out. Washed. But it's, yeah. It, yeah, it hasn't really been anything. The last time they were even relevant playoff-wise, I'm pretty sure it was when Mark Sanchez was there, and they had Damian Tomlinson. And, yeah. yeah. So. It's it's gonna take some getting used to for Garrett Wilson to be going from Zach Wilson and Mike White to Aaron Rodgers, but at the same time, that's a huge upgrade, especially since you won Offensive Rookie of the Year with them. I do agree with you. I think the Bills get it done. I just they're they're in New York still. It's like as much as it's home field advantage for the Jets, it's not too big since they're both New York teams. Yep. I very much love it. My must-watch game going with the Vikings, but for a non-Vikings game, I'm going to say the Dolphins and Chargers. How about you? Yeah, that's not a bad one. My, I mean, Monday Night Football, I think we just talked about it. Those yeah. Jets, is that's going to be a big one. That's going to show who's going to be big brother in the AFC. So we'll see. Really, man. It's going to be a good opening week, and this has been – a fun podcast. Thank you so much for joining me, Dane. Yes, thank you for having me. Man, it's been fun. I mean, I had you blind rank some things. I had you guess stadiums. We reviewed all the quarterbacks, some fantasy football, made our week one picks. I mean, we went over a lot of things. We did. Many games. Much fun. Much fun. Um, Due to um technical issues with the internet, you uh, might not be back for another month or so. But um, maybe we could do some quarter check-ins, some monthly check-ins with the NFL. You're always, you're always invited back, Dane. Sweet. I appreciate it. That would be great. All right. Anything left you want to say? Want to plug a social, give a message of anything? I always got to offer it up. Uh, No, just remember to spade and neuter your pets. Control the pet population. I pet love population. it. Why, why not? Dane, thank you again for joining me. Thank you all for listening. Have a blessed day and go Vikings.